Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So DACA is illegal. Now, what's funny here is that it should not have taken a judge to have to make this call. This was an executive order from President Obama. And that means that President Trump was well within his authority, well within his authority, to rescind the executive order. DACA, Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals. So you've got people who are in the United States because their parents broke the law and came to the country illegally. But these kids were children, babies. What do you do with them? What do you do with them? How do you handle such a thing? I think that's at least an acceptable question. Barack Obama handled it the way he handled all things. Why should I go through a system that involves voting from Congress when I simply could say it? Isn't that how we got the JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action? We got the Iran nuclear deal. Not through a treaty, but through uh, him just saying, all right, this is what we do now. This is, this, is, this is just what we do. That's all. Why in the world should I have to be bothered by such things as, as, as doing it the way I'm supposed to? When I simply could just say, this is it, and uh, challenge me. Go on. I dare you. And when Trump wanted to rescind DACA, he was told he couldn't. By activist judges. Well, activist judges need to go. Now you've got a judge who was appointed, I believe, in the Bush era, who said this this is illegal. Now, those people who are already in the program are allowed to be in the program. They're putting an end to new applications into the program. The question is, if it's illegal, what, what, what are we discussing here? What else could there possibly be? If it's illegal, it's illegal. If I don't pay my taxes for a decade and you tell me it's illegal, you don't say to me, okay, from now on you have to pay your taxes. You come after me for the whole thing. You'll throw me in jail. You'll sell the house. You won't care about my kids. Very interesting that as a program, it still exists, even though it won't take new people. How much longer will the program exist is the question. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. Joe Biden was speaking earlier. Speaking earlier and talking about the economy and answering so, some questions. I wanted to get into more of it because I haven't gotten to all of it yet. Uh, so, so do it with me. Uh, and you're like, oh, come on, Tony. Biden, Really? Come on, it'll be good for laughs. He's only got three more years in office. Unfortunately, cases are now rising, particularly in communities with very low vaccination rates. Just four states account for nearly 40%, four states, 40% of all cases last week. Virtually all hospitalizations and deaths are occurring among unvaccinated Americans. These tragedies are avoidable. The data couldn't be clearer. If, we're, if you're fully vaccinated, you have a high degree of protection against severe illness, high
hospitalization and death. Then why are you telling me I have to wear a mask? This is happening in a couple of ways, and parents, get ready to lose your mind. First, you had Los Angeles saying, we are bringing back the masks. But you had the sheriff of Los Angeles, Villanueva, who says, I'm not enforcing this. Forcing the vaccinated and those who already contracted COVID-19 to wear masks indoors is not backed by science and contradicts the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines. The Los Angeles County Department of Public Health has authority to enforce the order, but the underfunded, defunded Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department will not expend our limited resources and instead ask for voluntary compliance. We encourage the Department of Public Health to work collaboratively with the Board of Supervisors and law enforcement to establish mandates that are both achievable and supported by science. You got to love the underfunded part in there. That's just a that's just a dream. And while Los Angeles has the sheriff saying, yeah, no, Vegas is back. Vegas putting out. Um, the Southern Nevada Health District now recommending both unvaccinated and vaccinated people wear masks in crowded indoor public places where they may have contact with others who are not fully vaccinated. So they are just seconds away from telling the casinos you have to wear masks again. Let me tell you how little you want to wear a mask in a casino. Having just been in, in Vegas, I'm here to tell you, you don't want to wear a mask in a casino. But all of this is based on fear. This is Joe Biden and the rest engaged in a full fear moment. Now, it's not the fear moment that was described on Twitter about me. I heard our local right-wing nut radio loon, Tony Katz, that's me, producer Ari, selling fear the big bad government would send uh, Department of Family Services after after parents who hadn't gotten their kids vaccinated smack my head i i don't believe i said that i don't believe i said that i said that i have no faith in governments for example uh you see the anti-gun people am i to believe that if anti-gun people were left to their own devices they would say to you well we're not sending your kids home from school until you hand in all your guns i've read a book i have seen what is possible we know what these do-gooders do, and we know how children are indeed used against you. But I don't think I ever said that about vaccines. But now that we bring it up, ask yourself. We have a government that has said clearly and proactively with joy as if somehow they have a secret knowledge That people who get banned on on Facebook in one place should be banned in all the places. And that it shouldn't be a surprise that they speak to social media companies. It shouldn't be a surprise at all. President, uh, that's the period of time we're in at this point. 
And just, you went through kind of the top line details of this yesterday. But can you elaborate a little bit on the Facebook sure. administration to Facebook flagging of disinformation? And there's also some reporting uh, that we've had that Facebook maybe hasn't been uh, as proactive as the White House would like it to be in response to some of the flagging. So the process of how the flagging works and then whether Facebook has been amenable to those requests. Sure. Well, I would say first it shouldn't come as any surprise that we're in regular touch with social media platforms, just like we're in regular touch with all of you and your media outlets about uh, areas where we have concern, uh, information that might be useful, information that may or may not be interesting to your viewers. You all make decisions just like the social media platforms make decisions, even though they're a private sector company and different, but just as an example. So we are ma regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health that we and many other Americans seeing are seeing across all of source social and traditional media. And we work to engage with them to better understand the enforcement of social media platform policies. So let me give you an Let me. If I were to say that there should be no mask mandates, that could be seen as misinformation by this White House and could be flagged. Do you believe that's what your government should be allowed to do? If you believe that your government should be allowed to keep you from speaking out by saying there should be no mandates, I'm on radio. There should be no mandates. Now you're going to tell me it's misinformation or should be taken off, off uh, radio? That would be madness. This is the kind of horror that the administration is pushing forward. They're siding with the despots. They're not talking about misinformation. They're talking about information they don't like. Of course you keep an eye on these things and you don't want these people to have this power. Because they utilize this power in a way that's ugly. I said we were talking about masks. Let's take it to our kids. The American Academy of Pediatrics says that children should wear masks in school even if vaccinated. Not just any children, all children over the age of two. They want children to return to in-person learning and they think they should have to wear masks. I don't. I think the American Association of Pediatrics is out of their holy damn mind. And I'm sending my children to school without a mask. I'm sending them to school without a mask. Now, let's go back to Bob on Twitter, who thinks he's an intellectual. I made a decision for my student, for my child. Children don't get COVID. They survive COVID. There is no reason for them to wear a mask. None whatsoever. There is not a single ounce of science into them wearing a mask. They also want you to know at the American Academy of Pediatrics, the universal masking will also protect students and staff from other respiratory illnesses that could keep kids out of school. You know what else could protect them? Having them live in a bubble. That could protect them, wrapping them in saran wrap, never letting them leave the house. All of that could protect them. What kind of garbage lies are these? Masks don't stop your children from getting sick especially the masks as, we, as we've discussed the masks that, that we see people creating as opposed to the N95s matched with gloves this that and the other so now I say okay you won't, you won't even allow my kid to come to school fine we're not going to school anymore 
I'll homeschool. Thank you very much. Now, let me ask you. Think the school system just sits back and takes that? Do, 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 you, do you think that anybody calls in an organization or uh, a government agency checking on the welfare of my children when I, the parents, have made a decision about what's best for their health and wearing a mask 24-7 is not best for their health? Go ahead, call me a name. What, what do I care? Bob. I'm on six hours a day. I've got a weekend show. I just started a video series for Red State. I've got two other things coming down the line. Call me alone. Knock yourself out. You can't stop me. But most importantly, you've never once thought about the conversation all the way through to the end point. And parents have. Lots of parents have. And they're looking at the American Academy of Pediatrics and they're saying, no. No, 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 no. Uh, We're not doing this. We're not having this. This isn't science. This is fear. And these doctors are wrong. The American Academy of Pediatrics has absolutely no say on how I interact with my child and has no say in the education of my child. Therefore, has no say in whether or not my child wears a mask. Zero. The power is with the parent. Now, this is a conversation that I want to get into. I want to get into this idea of where the, 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 the power is when it comes to schools. But I'd be remiss if I didn't share Joe Biden just the other day referring to the fact that Facebook, you see, Facebook is just a bunch of, just a bunch of killers right there. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And they're they're killing people. So Facebook allows people to engage conversations and they're killing people. Called Facebook killers. And uh, just a moment ago. Let me be precisely what I said. I'm glad you asked me that question. One, I had just read that on the Facebook, Facebook pointed out that it was pointed out that Facebook, of all the misinformation, 60% of the misinformation came from 12 individuals. That's what the article said. So I was asked that question about what do I think is happening? Facebook isn't killing people. These 12 people are out there giving misinformation anyone listening to it is getting hurt by it it's killing people it's bad information my hope is that facebook instead of taking it personally that somehow i'm saying facebook is killing people that they would do something about the misinformation the outrageous misinformation about the, the vaccine that's what i meant so i didn't mean to call them killers hope they didn't take it personally But allow me to get into a little bit more on this mass conversation and 
where I think one of the great problems is. It's true about doctors. It's true about teachers. That story is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Is it Camila Cabello? Yep. Am I pronouncing her name right? Yeah. She's a singer, right? Yeah. I don't know anything about her. That's okay. I don't have to know anything about her. All I know is th- there's a picture of her, and uh, she was running through, what was it, Central Park or wherever uh, she was, and uh, like she's not, I-, I guess, to people model thin, and people are like, oh, look, look how fat she looks. Like, they're diagnosing her stomach you wish you were in uh camila cabello's shape she's a 24 year old she's a singer and people are like going at her body and kind of picking on her body and we live in a weird society we don't think normal is normal and we think abnormal is acceptable you can keep the over-skinny girls, right? The ones who are hyper-skinny, they're not healthy. And you could stop trying to sell us on the idea that obesity is beautiful. You might be a nice person, but it's unhealthy. I am not making the argument that people who are thin can't have health issues. I am making the clear argument that if you think being 150 pounds overweight doesn't matter, you would be mistaken. That's far different than whether or not you should be paying attention to the government's food pyramids or anything they say about BMI. We're discussing clear, rational conversations about health. But a 24-year-old singer who has a bit of a... She's not fat. There's nothing about her that's fat. What, she doesn't have a, a, a six-pack? Uh, she doesn't have the abs? And all of a sudden, it's a, it's a conversation. Hmm, a little out of shape. Is that Camila Cabello? That's weird, man. That's weird. That, that we would do that to people. It's a weird society where we take normal... And we're like, oh, no, 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 no. One or the other, please. Either grossly skinny or grossly overweight. And otherwise, we can't celebrate you. That's odd. The conversation of my classroom. That story is coming up. This is Tony Katz today. So producer Ari uh, informed me that Ben and Jerry's, the ice cream magnates, they are going to end sales. This is how they tweeted out. Ben and Jerry's will end sales of our ice cream in occupied Palestinian territory. That's 
that's really happening right right here occupied palestinian uh territory we have a long-standing partnership with our licensee who manufactures ben and jerry's ice cream in israel and distributes it in the region we've been working to change this and so we have informed our licensee that we will not renew the license agreement when it expires at the end of next year Although Ben and Jerry's will no longer be sold in the OPT, Occupied Palestinian Territory, we will stay in Israel through a different arrangement. We will share an update as soon as this, as soon as we're we're ready. Oh, oh, okay. This is what your fans and trusted partners want. Thank you very much. I will not be eating your ice cream. Also, you are two Jew-hating bastards, and there's a place in hell for both of you. Just so we understand each other, this isn't about policy. This isn't about settlements. This isn't about the plight of the Palestinian people. None of that is the story. Because if Ben and Jerry had any settle, they would be interested in doing away with Hamas and allowing Palestinians to have their lives. But they don't do that. They say, hmm, the the occupied palestinian territory you mean that jew land yes yes ben that jew land that's that's it oh please you don't have to make an argument with me about the fact that they're jewish allow me to now go into the part two of this conversation what happened to the people who gave up their judaism for their liberalism who believe in their ideology more than their humanity We're talking about a hatred on a hatred on a hatred that is hard to fathom. Their fans and trusted partners, Jew haters. Them? What does the Judaism matter? I mean, what does it matter to them? The argument one would make is we think that Israel can engage better policies and we're going to use our position in the marketplace to talk to people about it. They did not go down that road. They kowtowed to their so-called fans and trusted partners because they couldn't lose one of those sales or they couldn't lose face. the the facts are the facts are the facts are the facts they don't change the disagreement with israeli policy is of course possible and is fine i put forth to you that the argument here is they oppose to the fact that israel exists which is not fine i find that more and more more and more and and this is this is horrible but my, 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 my Judaism is very much based, very much based on the survival and the existence of Israel. I think it should be based on more. I think it should be based on, 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 on far more. But I, I can't get past this, this concept. If Israel doesn't exist, uh, uh, what ex- uh, where did Jews go? What's the, what, how much longer do you think Judaism exists? And the more they work to push on Israel's uh, removal from existence, the more I say to myself, oh my gosh, I'm right. I'm right. And I got to do something about it.
I gotta, I gotta really do something about it. That's absolutely where I'm at. So uh, you know what? I'll be eating Hagen Dust. Or what, what? I mean, I got, I got plenty of choices. Hagen uh, Unless they've come out with something political, I'm cool. I was just making a joke. I'm journey. cool. I, I can go to Carvel. I can get, I can get me a cookie puss. Or I can get me a fudgy the whale. I can get one of those. I mean, well, I mean, listen, if we're talking about good ice cream, right? There's graters out of Cincinnati. Have you ever had the graters ice cream? Yeah. Ah, it's brilliant. And then uh, uh, the the Bluebell people, they're back. I like Turkey Hill. I think they do a do a, do a fine job. Uh, locally, uh, I've I've got Handles. They're they're good at ice cream. And then of course, there's just a classic Dairy Queen. So I've got a lot of options. You know, I don't I don't have to have uh, the Ben and Jerry's. I don't have to do it. But maybe I do have to say uh, that while they're fans and partners, I I think fall into that uh, Jew hating category uh, with Ben and with Jerry. Um, what happens when you have given up your your ability uh, to to uh, engage, and when your ideology takes over your humanity? That's a different conversation than whether or not you want to discuss Israeli policy. And they don't want to discuss Israeli policy. They think the policy of Israel's existence is the issue. And well, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. I am sure we will. But I wanted to get into this idea of my classroom. And what we're seeing on this mask issue and, and, a, and a series of, of, of others, never mind the whole concept of selling fear. Do you know how many people are selling fear about masks? selling it this this is cnn this is this is a twofer here here's one so several questions on that front but you mentioned um age right and that it, it seems to be striking younger people as well um more effectively than the original COVID. we have obviously anecdotally heard that from other doctors as well I am a mother of three children too young to be vaccinated. And you talked about this issue, really struck me. You said Delta variant is coming for our children. I know you're the mother of three as well, two teenage girls and a boy under 12 also unvaccinated. And I know you've changed your behavior because of what you're seeing and your real concerns. Tell me. COVID is coming for our children. Variants are coming for our children. No, no, we're not trying to scare anybody at all, are we? Right, so a month ago, we felt pretty good about our kids going to play with other people, going to camps. You know, we were having a great, good summer. But as the surge begins and as you start to see that community activity and then suddenly it's like gasoline on a fire and everybody has COVID again, just like they did before, we're starting to dial back on the number of things we do, definitely doing them outdoors again. And my son stayed masked in public places because, because he needs to, because he's not vaccinated. And so following the rules we've been following... If your 12-year-old needs to stay masked outdoors, okay, it's your kid. What do I think? I, th- I think you're wrong, but it, 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 it's your kid. At least you're not a doctor blaming everything on Fox News. But explain to us why you said what you did, uh, that you don't blame your patients, you blame Fox. 
Listen, I've seen uh, several COVID patients now every shift for the past week, and, and every single one of them has been unvaccinated. When I see other patients, you know, I offer them the vaccine. I try to talk to them about the vaccine. And so many of them are just shutting down the conversation. I had one patient tell me they're afraid of the ingredients in the vaccine. And I asked, well, which ingredients? And they said, well, I don't really know what's in it. And, you know, we're in a highly Republican area, about 40 percent vaccination rate, about 70 percent voted for the former president. And when you now that's not science. That's not science. Molly Hemingway has discussed this. Well, if I can just point, I want to just really quickly, this is one of the examples that you see. People make it out like it's Republicans who don't want to take the vaccine. In fact, 61% of the people who are hesitant about vaccines are not Republican. And the more the media make it out as if it's something that's partisan, that is also going to contribute to the problems. The more that they fail to remind people that it was President Biden and Vice President Harris when they were running for office who said that they didn't have trust in the, in the vaccine, that also makes people not trust what the media are saying. So I think we need to be very careful and not have a forgetfulness about about what was happening during the campaign All when right. vaccine messaging was very different. But these keep people keep making it political. But the idea of getting my kid vaccinated or not is up to me, not up to the American Association of Pediatrics, not up to some fools on Twitter, not up to uh, a ridiculous uh, ER doc on CNN. It's up to me. It's up to you. It is up to parents to do this. This idea that we have forgotten what parents mean to the situation. This has this become a, a, a front and center conversation for me from some tweets that I got at Tony Katz on Twitter from a guy I used to know. Somebody who when I was a kid, I, I went to Israel with who um, I wouldn't say we're friends. Right? We, we talk a little bit on here, but his politics are, are of radical leftism, and I just, I just have no, no, no need for it. But he's a teacher, and he said something that kind of, uh, not kind of, in every way exposed the problem. And I have had some people argue with me, Tony, you don't mean parents, you need the taxpayer. Go with me on the conversation. We're all in the same place. We were talking critical race theory, and the worst thing that people can do is make the claim that, yo, you don't even know what critical race theory is. Oh, it's not taught in, in schools. It's on colleges. You don't know. We're using the catch-all phraseology. Anti-racism is bigotry. Critical race theory, discussions of oppressed and oppressor, deciding that everything intersects with race and people are guilty for the color of their skin and, and everyone is looking through this lens and, and it's all bigoted and teaching people this and we're seeing how these things are moved about by radicalized teachers who believe that no one's going to tell them what to teach. Well, we tell you what to teach all the time. What do you think a curriculum is? We tell you what to teach all the time. And that led to this line where I was uh, sharing something about critical race theory and how millions of parents across the country have pledged to protect their children from bigoted educators. And this guy said, you know, he signed this pledge, which is a pledge uh, about teaching critical race theory. So when they tell you they're not teaching critical race theory, then they sign a pledge to say how they're teaching critical race theory. I know, I know. Trust me. Leave that one to the side for now. 
Happy to take a stand, he writes, for intellectual honesty and against censorship and misrepresentation, especially in my classroom. First, intellectual honesty is not critical race theory. Teaching in an honest way is teaching in an honest way. No one is discussing censorship because no one's saying you shouldn't teach about history. You shouldn't teach kids to hate each other. You shouldn't teach kids that they're guilty. You shouldn't have these uh, exercises where children are purposefully mocked or excluded because of the color of their skin. If you do so, you're wrong. But the line of lines is, especially in my classroom. And I have heard this before. I have heard this repeatedly. And the problem with the Randy Weingartens of the world, who's, who heads up the American Federation of Teachers, the problem with the National uh, Education Association, the problem with uh, woke superintendents, is that uh, it's not your classroom. It's not your classroom. I don't know whatever made you believe that it was your classroom. Teachers need to accept this. It's not your classroom. I have argued that teachers need to be able to control the classroom. They need to be able to control it and ensure that students have the chance to learn there and problematic students are removed, the whole thing. That has to happen. And teachers should be treated like professionals in that way. But it's not their classroom. It's the parents' classroom. You want to argue the taxpayer classroom, you can, but we're all on the same page. We're the ones who decide, not the teacher. The teacher works for us. And this is where everything is getting flipped. The teacher believes that they have the power. There are teachers out there who believe that parents aren't educated enough to know what's best for their children. The teachers are the ones who have gotten the training. They know what's best. They know how to educate their children. That's where this whole idea of it takes the village from. You have to give up your children in order to be properly educated. To who? To people who believe that they should wear masks after the age of two in school when there's absolutely no science for it? No, thank you. I don't care what the American Association of Pediatrics says. I couldn't give a damn. They aren't in charge of my children. I'm in charge of my children. Parents are in charge of their children. And this blows people's minds. How do I know this? I have teachers actually telling me it's their classroom. No, it's not. That isn't the deal. And I'm sorry that you were allowed to go so long with this misconception. I'm sorry that parents so ceded the responsibility of that education to teachers, believing that all teachers were going to do them right, which isn't the case. Parents must accept the fact that the classroom does not belong to the teacher. It belongs to you. And what goes in and on in that classroom is also your responsibility. My advice is to take it. I'm Tony Katz.